Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Hey, it's Odie Strahan, and I'm having one of the most amazing days of my life. Hopefully you are too. Let's get this show started. What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Guys, we are in for a treat today. Got a great guest. This gentleman had a great high school career at Sheldon High School. Stellar career before transitioning to Fresno City College. Now he's at Long Beach State uh, doing big things there. Just really excited to have him on the pod to get into his backstory, talk about his journey, and just, you know, get into some other hoop talks as well. Drew Cobb, you out there, brother? How you doing, man? Excited to be oh, here, man. Thank you for having me. No, you got it, brother. You got it, man. Well, listen, man, I got a lot of stuff I want to get into. And, uh, you know, I don't want to waste any time. So without further ado, let's, let, let's get right into it. You good? Yep, all good, bro. Absolutely, man. So talk to me, man. Uh, what sport, you know, growing up, you know, what sports did you play? I mean, was it always hoop or you seem like an athletic dude, got a nice frame on you. Did you play any other sports? Oh, yeah. So growing up, uh, I was kind of everything. I was just an athlete. I was playing soccer to I was playing baseball, t-ball, football um, and basketball, of course. So I was I was touching everything that I could. <laughs> So my parents were good about putting me in, in anything that I wanted and kind of letting me choose the avenue that I wanted to take. No, that's beautiful, man. As you know, um, and actually, even even with your era, because uh, you're still a young guy, is, you know, it's different these days because they really want these kids to specialize in a sport early on, you know, and that multi-sport right, right. athlete doesn't really exist anymore, you know, but that's good. Well, I mean, that's good that you are exposed to uh, a lot of sports. Um, was basketball always the sport that you knew you were, were going to gravitate to, or was there any other sport that, you know, you had a love for? Um, oddly enough, bro, I had a, I had a real love for soccer growing up when I was, when I was real young, it started off as a soccer where I was really into soccer. And then as I got older, heading to middle school, I started really enjoying football and, but the, all the constant was always basketball for me. Like playing that, that was my first sport. So my dad kind of just threw a ball in my hands at a very, very, very young age. So that's always been like my, my go-to right there. Something that I just connected with and was always kind of, um, kind of naturally attracted to, you know what I'm saying? So the older I got, um, just kept growing my love for the game. And, and eventually I had to choose and decide <laughs> which one I was going to, um, stick with and, uh, make a, 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 a plan out of. So I stuck with basketball and I'm, I've enjoyed my decision. So, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it, bro. Absolutely, man. I think soccer is a phenomenal sport. I think it's a sport that all uh, our athletes should play, but definitely basketball, because a lot of basketball, as you know, right. it's footwork. And it, right, I mean, right, that's right. one thing. Um, you, know, I know, you know, baseball, you got the eye-hand coordination, but I think footwork is is very critical when it comes to you know basketball. So, um, yeah, soccer's soccer's key. So, let me ask you this then: at, you know, at what age did you realize that you know? You know, at what age specifically did you realize that basketball was going to be the sport that you were going to pursue? Ooh, what age did I realize that basketball was a sport I was going to pursue? Um, I would say it was always in the back of my mind that that was my sport. But I'd say I knew that was that was the one that was going to take me places where I wanted to go. My probably probably eighth grade, eighth grade year. Um, looking at guys, just looking up to guys like Daryl Williams and Dakari Allen and Nate Yesterday, Ryan Manning, all that. That group at Sheldon in that 2013 uh, senior class group was just kind of our idols growing up and being so close with the connector school at Smedberg. That was kind of everything for me, looking at them, shooting, striving to be like them, seeing the praise they got for winning championships and all the things that they got to do. I kind of wanted to follow in their footsteps. So watching them was a big help as well. Gotcha. So pretty much it sounds like going into high school is when it, when you really knew that that was going to be that, that was going to be the, yeah. the sport. Gotcha. Man. Right. 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 L- let me ask you. So you, you sound like you play school ball and did you play for your dad at, at, at Smedberg? Because I know your dad's been did. coaching for a while. <laughs> How was that experience, man? How was that? Uh, I love playing for my dad. Um, it was I would say it was different than the average, you know, father son combo um, coaching thing. So he he always made sure to treat us. Um, kind of uh, almost a little worse than the other players on the team. Just just to kind of set an example of and kill the rumor or anything that was um, the assumption that I would get special treatment because I was his son or anything like that. So I was always kind of the example of <laughs> punishment or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm running first or running more or 
doing a little bit extra of anything just to show people that it's no favoritism going on here. He would gladly sit me in any game. I miss a miss any assignment or anything like that. I'm getting sat down. So he didn't care when it came to that. So I, I appreciated that aspect, but I, I love playing for my dad. It was cool. No, that's awesome, man. I, uh, you know, I coached, I have a, well, I mean, almost a 13 year old. He just turned 14. I have a 14 year old that I've been coaching and uh, I can't wait to let him go. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been, I mean, I let him play on some other organizations when he first started his AAU journey, just so he can make a name for himself first, of course. Um, and you know how daddy ball is around these days, you know, and so I didn't want nothing of that, but uh, I definitely can relate to what you're saying when it comes to what your dad, uh, how your dad handled it. Cause for me, I'm probably the toughest on my son probably right. to a fault to be honest with you and I, I it's not fair to him probably just wasn't fair to you but that's just how it goes you know right, uh, right, but, right. Uh, no, that's cool man that's a, that's a blessing though that's a blessing that uh you know that you know it i still it's nice when you have that commonality you have you know you guys have the same you guys have commonality when it comes to the passion and i think it's a blessing right. you guys are able to share those experiences together especially when it's a positive one and it sounded like it was right. a real positive experience for you yeah definitely, um, definitely. let me ask you this uh, let's get into some aau uh when did you start playing aau ball so I was introduced to AAU basketball in, I would say, second, second and third grade is when I started playing AAU and got known to it, but only only locally um, with, uh, uh, I forgot the name of our team, but it was it was just local. It was really local. It wasn't nothing crazy. I wasn't traveling or nothing crazy like that yet. And then um, fourth grade was when it actually like picked up when the AU kind of became more than just like kind of just exhibition basketball for me. It became way more serious. Uh, I got introduced to uh, ICP. Have you heard of the uh, program ICP? They were kind of Absolutely. big on the AU team uh, growing up. So, yeah. and the, the way that I got introduced to them was actually through soccer. <laughs> Oddly enough, uh, my teammates, <laughs> Before they were my teammates, uh, Brian, you know, Brian Askew and Devin Askew and Gina McCain, Lance McCain, Jace McCain, Jared McCain and all them. They kind of. Uh, yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. So uh, my father went to middle school with Gina McCain and they were all connected. They had already started playing AU basketball and everything. I hadn't been introduced to it. Come to find out they were playing soccer as well. So they were playing with San Juan and I was playing uh, with my local uh, Sacramento Um uh, competitive soccer team. So we went up to San Juan to play them one game. And I guess they noticed how big I was because I was oddly taller than everybody on the field playing soccer. And I was fast <laughs> and I was athletic. So they were doing the math and then they realized it was Ronnie Cobb's son that they were playing. So she was like, oh, there's no way he doesn't play. So after the game, they approached us asking us if we wanted to play or if we've heard of AAU basketball or anything like that. And my dad said, yeah, we've heard of it. We're kind of on a team. He was like, nah, we have like a more of a travel team, more uh, competitive team going if you guys want to give it a try. And he was like, all right, not really thinking of anything of it. So um, they said they have practices on certain days at this place. And we we're like, okay, where's the place at? And the place ended up being at St. Paul uh, Missionary Baptist Church, which happened to be the church that I grew up in and that I went to every Sunday. So they were like, oh, okay. So that's easy for us to pull up and see what is going on. So <laughs> we left and my dad asked me if I wanted to give it a try, go see what the practice is talking about. And I went. And um, after that practice, it was kind of kind of history after that. We kind of clicked like I never before. Like after that, that one practice I had when we all clicked, came instant kind of best friends. And then from there on, we were going nationals and going traveling all over the place, going to Orlando and uh, Memphis for uh, national tournaments and everything. And it was, it was really fun. So I credit them for my whole AU experience, but it was, it was great. It was great growing up. Uh, that's good, man. Uh, it sounds like everything lined up perfectly, even, even to where you guys were meeting at. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, yeah, exactly. was it, it was destined to be, huh? Right. Exactly. So let me, let me ask you this. Uh, did, did you, uh, you know, as you got older, uh, when, it, when it comes to strictly AU, uh, were you able to play on any of the circuits, whether EYBL, Adidas Gauntlet, or, or the uh, Under Armour, or anything else when it comes to the circuits? I was. So um, once I got to high school, my run with uh, ICP and I went to Six Select kind of came kind of came to an end because we all started going to different high schools and involved in different Correct. things. Some people start playing different sports and everything. So we kind of just didn't uh, have the time to, you know, keep keep it going as i'll say and they're also a year below me i was because uh, you know i'm younger from my age group so playing with my real age group they were a year younger in school than me so i would be going to high school when they would be going to eighth grade 
So for me, I was like, okay, I got to kind of see what I can do with the high school scene instead. I can't really be playing lower instead. You know what I mean? Just as a, uh, as a way to try to keep up with my high school competition, and everything like that. So we kind of split up going into high school. So once I got to high school, I kind of had to restart with the whole AAU scene and I didn't know what exactly I was going to do or the ins and outs of how it went, I'll say, because Northern California wasn't really uh, a hub for, you know, the huge AAU scene and circus and everything. So um, I kind of switched and bounced all over the place with AAU teams in high school. Um, I played for Arsenal, which was on the Adidas gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played for um, the Soldiers at a point on the, I played the UWL circuit for a little bit. And then those, I think those were the only two circuits I was able to get on, but the UIBL one, I'd definitely say was the best experience I've had. That was, that was crazy. What, uh, throw me some names. Give me some people that you were able to, uh, battle against. Uh, CP3. We definitely played them. I forgot the player. They had one, one, one big time player that was on them, but I can vividly remember playing CP3. Uh, we played one of Brad Bill's teams. Um, and a couple others that I forgot the names of, but they had big time players. So it was an experience for sure. That whole weekend was just like, I, I, I don't know. I was kind of in shock. It was just so many high level players in competition. And at a, such a young age, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm in the pros right now. Like this, it, it was wild. It was cool though. Great experience. Definitely would recommend that to anybody, um, growing up looking for, um, uh, AAU route to go, I would say get into that league if you can. No, for sure. Let me ask you this. Uh, playing against that high-level competition, you know, you got a lot of, you know, two-star, three-stars, four-stars, five-stars all throughout when it comes to uh, the EYBL. Uh, before we, you know, pivot and get into your your career at Sheldon, did that help you when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to your confidence that you could play against the best when it comes to playing against that top-level competition? Um, Definitely. Uh, I would definitely say that instilled a confidence in me to um, know that I can go go at it with anybody. Um, that kind of came on that getting that confidence though I would say came from just a very young age. So I've always been the youngest around, and I have a big brother, and he he was playing too. So growing up, he was kind of the the one I was looking up to. So it came to a point where I'm playing with them all the time. My dad just was like, you might as well just play up. My brother's only two years ahead of me. So I, he was like, you might as well play with him. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're right there. You might as well just play with him. And he didn't, he didn't force it on me. He let me decide. And he said after one of the, one of my CYBL games, he was, I was just like, uh, dad, I want to, I don't really want to play with the young guys no more. Like I, I want to play up here with my brother, with Kyle. I want to play with Kyle. He was like, all right, go ahead. So I've been playing up my whole life. So playing against bigger, better people, has always been the mo for me so i either had to figure it out or or sit and i i eventually figured it out and that helped me kind of shape me into who i am today as a player so i yeah. credit a lot of that to my big yeah, we, could, we could do oh man yeah absolutely we could do another episode separate, strictly on that but i'm with you i think uh, too many of these kids uh just because they qualify for an age group doesn't mean they got they should be playing that age group you know if anything, right, yeah, anything right, i think anything i think you should always play up and that's always my philosophy you know you know right. i i I, I chase progression, not chips. So, uh, but yep, that's, like yep. I said, that's, a, that, that's another, that's another episode, <laughs> but let's pivot and let's <laughs> right, get, right. let's get into your high school career at Sheldon, man. So talk to me. Uh, so you went from Smedberg, you, it sounds like you had some phenomenal years at Smedberg, you know, right. basketball wise playing for your dad. Um, right. And so talk to me about transition into high school basketball. Um, how was that? Cause I know uh, you played varsity all four years, correct? I did, but I started, I started out playing uh, JV. I started okay. out playing JV when I first got there. So um, when I got there, we were, you know, we, I, Sheldon was stacked. Like we had a, uh, it was a year we had, we got sanctioned. It was the year we got sanctioned yeah. for yeah. the transfers coming in. So we had a ton of talent going in. So I was going in from eighth grade. Nobody really knew who I, to my knowledge, nobody really knew who I was. So I felt kind of just like, okay, let me just see how this goes, see where I fit in, what I can do, whatnot. So I started off going to, JV uh, workouts and everything started off practicing with JV with uh, their coach Rob Cameron and he he taught me a lot with when it was the time I was with them um, it was great he uh, instilled a whole bunch of discipline into me and uh, he he was one of the hardest coaches I've had toughest coaches I've had but I credit a lot of um, a lot of that 
toughness he instilled in me as well too. So um, starting off playing with JV with him was great. Um, I stayed with them for, I think about two, two games or a game into, into the season. And then after one of the games and then uh, coach Rollins approached me in the locker room after school one day. And he was just like, Hey, uh, uh, how, how do you feel about coming up playing for varsity? And I was like, I mean, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you no. <laughs> I've been playing up my whole life, so let's do it. I'm not tripping. And again, looking at that 2013 Sheldon group, it was always, I always looked up to Diero. So I saw that Diero was playing varsity since he was a freshman and starting and everything. So I was like, I kind of want to follow in that route. And that was kind of like a thing at Sheldon. If you played varsity for a year, you, that's kind of like, you wear that like a badge of honor, you know what I mean? So I wanted to follow in the same footsteps. So when he approached me, it was a no-brainer. And I was like, of course, yeah, I want to go. So he was like, that night, he was like, all right, come go ahead and uh, come to practice tonight, and then we'll go from there. Went to practice that night, and then never looked back. And I was playing for four years. So that's kind of how that, I went. No, that's that. awesome, man. No, that's awesome. Now, uh, you know, I had one of your uh, former teammates, uh, Elijah, on. Uh, Dupe, I had Dupe yep. on, and he, he he spoke about his relationship with uh, Coach Joe, Coach Rollins, and uh, you know spoke you know very highly when it comes to not just you know uh, the relationship they have from a basketball perspective, but just in life. He's just someone that he thought that, that he said that he would have a relationship with forever. You know, Absolutely. talk to me about your relationship with Coach Rollins. Absolutely, um, my relationship with Rollins from the jump has been always a special kind of connection. He uh, just like Elijah probably was saying, he he kind of he treated us more than just basketball players, you know what I mean? He could tell that he truly cared about us and every kid that he had. So, I mean, he was inviting us over to his house to watch, you know, draft parties or he'll cook his hot dogs, hamburgers, come swim in the backyard. So it was never just basketball, you know what I mean? We always had a connection with him and he'll play with us sometimes. He'll play fives with us, he'll scrimmage with us in fourth periods and stuff. He was just always a good coach. It felt, it felt more like a family member than just a basketball coach, you know what I'm saying? He'll let us play with his kids. We knew his family. We knew his, his wife, everything. So Sheldon was always based on more of a family structure than just a, a player and a coach. You know what I'm saying? So my, my relationship has been amazing with him ever since ever since That's I beautiful, decided man. to come up. It's been great. No, it's beautiful. It's, it's always, uh, you know, it's always nice to hear when coaches have a, a bigger impact on the players than just on the court. And it sounds oh, yeah, like, absolutely. and that's like a commonality I'm starting to see with, uh, you know, all the, you know, because Sheldon's, you know, Joey's, I mean, Coach Rollins has produced many great players. And it's, it's nice to hear uh, when I get, when I get a chance to talk to you guys that, you know, how much he impacted you guys even off the court. Absolutely. Every, every I think almost any Sheldon player can say they still have their relationship with Coach Rollins today. I, I see Coach Rollins talk to him all the time still. So, yeah, he, he, he did great with that. So, so first year, uh, you know, you start off JV, get moved up right. to uh, get moved up to varsity. Obviously, going the, the school was going through, you know, let's just be honest, difficult time when it comes to everything that was going on with the school, you know, going on with the program. But right. Uh, right. but but overall, uh, talk to me about your actually your first two years there when it comes to the role that you had on the team and maybe how it changed between first year and second year. All right. So my first year um, coming in, uh, I was a freshman. We have been sanctioned. And we kind of, they, they just needed help, obviously. They just needed um, another body, I guess, and another person who can go. And because of how many people were sat out, um, it was kind of immediate, like, I, I need some people that can go. So he saw me, pulled me up, and I guess my role, I was just, I was going in there just playing as hard as I can, trying to get stops whenever I can, and helping rebound. That was just kind of my thing, just doing, doing the things everyone else kind of was not, the best at doing or didn't really want to do the dirty work per se so my first year that's kind of how it went I was grabbing boards and getting assists steals running the floor staying out of foul troubles things like that so whatever I could help with I was willing to do so that's how my first year went and uh, I say he gained a little more confidence in me um, because of that and then going into my sophomore year I now like created this big bond with all the other people who had to uh, sit out and I got close with Devin and Isaiah Brooks and Matt Manning and Blake Mason and everyone, we all got super close, Elijah, Isaiah, all of them. So our team kind of became an immediate family. So everyone had confidence in everyone. So we all looked at it. And That's it, good. It, it, yeah, right. It all started to become more fun and 
a family-based kind of thing. So Rollins got more confidence in me. Um, I started playing more, became more of an offensive threat. Um, and kind of still doing the still utility dirty work, though. That was kind of my role my whole uh, my whole time at Sheldon because we had so many players who could go. <laughs> we were we were stacked if you looked at, at it at that aspect. Everyone could score. Everyone could do everything. But I would say where I fit in was doing the dirty work that people didn't want to do. You know what I mean? No, you so, yeah, that, that team was loaded. The team you had you had a whole bunch of walking buckets on the team. You had people that right. could score at all three levels. I, I think uh, you know. Uh, you know, observing your career from afar, uh, one thing I, I really respected about your game is that you always took on the toughest assignment, and you de- you definitely right. did the, the the you know in the in the stat sheet. You know, right. the, but you could always tell uh, people knew the impact that you had because you know talking to people around around the team and even the even the players they had you know a big time respect you know for your game. Uh, right. Those last two years at Sheldon, you, you took on you know more of a leadership role with the team. You know, yep. as, as opposed to your first two years, talk to me about talk to me about that and how you took on that response. Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. When it comes to your CBD, quality matters. For all natural relief, visit SimpleGardenCBD.com. If 2020 taught us anything, it's how important our mental and physical health is. Simple Garden CBD specializes in third-party lab-tested, premium-quality CBD products that deliver consistent potency and purity you can count on. Utilizing industry-best extracting methods and ingredients, Simple Garden CBD is proof that not all CBD is created equal. Go check out their amazing lineup of premium CBD vapes, great-tasting full-spectrum, and THC-free tincture oils, as well as their delicious Delta 8 gummies that are absolutely amazing. And don't forget, they also carry some of the latest vape battery technology and designs on the market. So shop now at SimpleGardenCBD.com and use discount code STRAYHAND15 and save 15% on your order. That's right, I said it. Save 15% on your order using discount code STRAYHAND15. Get your order in now and experience the amazing benefits of premium quality CBD for yourself. Add Simple Garden CBD to your health and wellness regimen today. Real CBD, real results. Uh, once I once I figured out um, the respect that they had for my game and how we all respected each other and the roles that we kind of took on, I started to use my voice, and then I started to be much more vocal, and I saw the how it was being received from my team, and Rowling saw that as well. So he kind of encouraged me to keep keep speaking, and if, if that leadership role is, is there, go grab it. Don't there's nothing stopping you from taking that. So. Once he gave me that confidence, I was just like, okay, maybe this is my lane. I stepped into that lane and used my voice wherever I could and uh, and uh, tried to lead by example as well. So I just uh, kind of embraced that role when it was um, presented to me my junior year. And then after all of our uh, all of our friends graduated, because all of them were 2016, they were above me, they kind of all uh, had to leave. And it was left with me, Elijah, and Isaiah. And we kind of looked around. We were like, okay, we got to kind of step up. Our roles got to change again. So senior year, we took on a much more. Um, my senior year was definitely the year that I was definitely fully like we were. We were leaders. It was definitely obvious. Uh, we kind of took on a lot onto our shoulders and had a lot to work with. So yeah, bro. Since junior senior year definitely shifted, and it kind of just went up every single year. Senior year, I, I was definitely. Uh, complete i'll say I, I was ready to take on that leadership role and do whatever i can to keep my guys going absolutely i think the team i think i think the team went as far as you did uh, you definitely set the tone for you know many of the big games uh great run man that was a great run senior year obviously it's not the way you guys wanted to end it uh you know but uh i, I, I would consider it, i would consider it a successful year uh you know that was a tough game against wood creek right with jordan brown and was it tyrell that's who you guys finished <laughs> with right yeah, it was, it was, it was that, that, that year still like itches. It still bothers me to this day. Just the, how it all played out was just crazy. One of the best games I've ever played at Sheldon though. The uh, best games to be a part of that, that game at Pacific when um, we lost with point one on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was that, that game, that experience aside from the loss or the win or anything, just that experience of playing in that game was something I, I'll talk about for the rest of my life. Every time we, we revisited it with Ty and, uh, Jordan and Elijah and everything, we all still talk. So just talking to them about it and everything, we all felt the same thing. It was kind of like magical, to be honest. 
Yeah, there was, a lot, there was a lot of special players on that court, man. And I mean, a lot of you guys have got, you know, so much better, you know, since high school, you know, which right, is supposed right, to be, right. but I mean, I mean, but like Ty, like Ty looks like a totally different ball player now, you know, and, and you know, obviously you got Jordan doing this thing. And so, yeah, no, absolutely, man. I think those are two great teams, uh, you know, good battle. It's funny that you said it still bothers you because, you know, just, uh, I think that, that just happens to athletes in general. I think those tough losses never leave us in life. <laughs> I think we oh, could just yeah. be, I mean, we could be on our, you know, deathbed and still t- thinking about, oh, you know, yeah. that loss. So yeah, uh, that, that was not going way. anywhere. Point, point yeah. one seconds on the clock. That was not going anywhere. Point yeah. Point. Okay. The fact that we got to re, we got to a chance to play them again yeah. in the NorCal trip to go to, to go to state. And two days before I woke up with strep throat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, this is crazy. So, I wasn't even able to play in that second game, and we were still right there with them. So it was just tough. It was just tough. But everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm not tripping off it no more. But it's just it, – it's kind of hard naturally not to think about what could have went went better. Yeah, say, so. Now I'm with you. So talk to me about this before we move on from from, from the from Sheldon. Is uh, So you, you were able to play a lot of tough players while at, you know, Sheldon, because you guys had a, you know, had a ridiculous schedule, you know. Um, right, right. Talk to me about, you know, some of these, the toughest players you, you face. Cause you played, uh, you had, uh, you played Jalen his freshman year, right? When he was at Memorial, did you play Jalen his freshman Jaylen year? Green. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did. And you, you, you played the ball, was, you, guys, uh, you got the ball brothers too, right? You played against the ball brothers and tried to play against them. We did. We did. Yeah. We did. So, um, with Jay, with, I played for, I also played in high school with AU. My junior year, I played with California United, which is uh, Quincy Pondexter's team out of Fresno. And Jalen, yep, yep, right. And Jalen was on the younger team, the like 13U or, or 13 team. It was him and Julian Strother, if you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. So then I kind of, I called them, I kind of saw them when they were like little pups. Like, uh, and we all knew, like, we were looking and I was like, this dude kind of like a little different. And uh, his, his attitude and approach towards the game was just grown. Like it, it was different. It was like he could have fit in with us. So I was like, uh, oh no. So I'd known Jalen before we played him with San Joaquin Memorial. So uh, it was cool later on down the line to match up with him in high school. It was cool. But to answer your question, some of the toughest, um, shoot, uh, that's hard to choose. There was a guy named Kendall, I believe his name was Kendall Small. I forget which high school he went to, but we played him at the Tarkanian Classic in 2016 or 2015. And I always say he was one of my toughest matchups, Kendall Small. And then obviously the ball, the ball brothers was another tough one just because they play so unorthodox. That was the, the fastest game I've ever played in my life. So <laughs> the ball brothers with them. And then um yeah, Jalen. Jalen did a great job too. He was just real, he was younger at the time. He was a freshman, so he was, he was still finding his kind of niche in that school and in that program. So I'll say the year after I left, though, he took off. It, it was a whole different type of Jalen right there. So definitely Kendall Small and the Ball Brothers. I'll say that. There you go. There you go. Let me ask you this then. Actually, one more is: What do you think you improved on the most from your freshman year to your senior year uh, at Sheldon? Um, being more aggressive and capable of scoring the basketball. Uh, definitely, I was just, just due to my role and the people that were around me, uh, we had so many scores and people that could do that. Uh, I, it was kind of not needed or not, not necessarily not needed, but you know, there's only so many, <laughs> so many ba- baskets you can shoot into, you know what I mean? So I kind of let them take that role. So w- once they came to me, I was kind of not really used to it. So a- as they graduated and everything and my role changed, I kind of accepted that. and. Then, I definitely improved on um, with scoring the basketball my senior year. You know, what I like about your story is that um, your game progressed and you were able to adapt, you know, where the team needed you. You know, initially right. doing the dirty work, role player, uh, defensive stopper, uh, then, you know, then having to step up on the offensive side. And then, you know, come senior year, like you said, uh, you, you were really, you know, dependent on to do just about everything, you know. So that, right. that's good to see that, that maturation. Uh, senior year ends. Uh, let's talk about your recruitment. You know, what kind of offers did you receive or did not receive? Uh, you know, talk to me about the whole recruitment process and, you know, what came into your decision before you, you, you know, you made your your next move. Right. Um, okay. So my senior year ends. Um, initially, I was I had a, I had a few D2s that offered me. I had Dominguez Hills, uh, UC San Diego, 
and a couple more that I'm forgetting the name of at the moment. But I definitely had some D2s that were interested. And then the only Division One that was interested in me was Sac State. So Sac State uh, started their interest. They were the first ones, though. They, were, they, they started my junior year. So they started recruiting my junior year. And then as soon as my senior year started, they offered me. And um, I didn't necessarily want to take it right away just because it was so early and I didn't know what could have happened my senior year after I played or went to Tarkanian or anything like that. So I wanted to kind of leave my options on the table. And um, with doing so, I, I took a little too long and they ended up pulling that offer from me. My, my senior year, right before signing day is when I figured out. So uh, I was kind of set on going to Sac State. I gave them a call and they just broke the news that like, this offer is kind of not here anymore, bro. <laughs> And I was just shook. I remember Man. getting off the phone. I, get, I remember getting off the phone and I was just sitting there like, like, damn, like it's gone. My, my dream of going to Division One is just gone, just like that. And I was just stuck. I didn't know what to do. The season was over. Uh, and there was kind of nothing there for me uh, besides, you know, the Division Twos that I had and the offers that I had with them. And I kind of had to sit there and reevaluate a lot of things. So after that happens, I end up taking uh, – a division two offer that I had going to University of West Georgia. So not, not many people know that I took that and I went there uh, for a, a while either. So took that offer and signing day was like two weeks away and then signing day signed to them and it was all good. And then I ended up going out there and then I stayed there for about uh, two, three weeks, two, three weeks. I stayed there. And nothing necessarily went wrong at all. Everything was on their end was good. And it was just some things that weren't adding up for me and some things that in my heart, I knew I felt I shouldn't be there. Something was telling me, maybe this isn't the spot for you. And, you know, obviously everyone around me <laughs> was saying the complete opposite. So I was kind of the only one that was thinking like, maybe it's like, should I leave? Should I stay? I don't know. But something was telling me like, you don't, maybe this isn't the route you should take. So that's kind of where the whole betting on myself type of thing started with me. Um, I remember the, the the only one that was really like with me and was like, whatever you want to do, bro, you got it. You just do it. You're fine. I remember my big brother was definitely one of those. And then my assistant coach, uh, Coach Brandon at Sheldon was was there, there with me too. So he was the one encouraging me, man, if you feel like you need to go, go. And, um, and my brother as well. So. I ended up taking their advice and then leaving that program after three weeks with nowhere to go at all. <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to do, where I was going to go. I had Coach Brandon kind of looking at options for me. And um, we came across Fresno City because they happened to know um, they happened to know of me already through Sheldon. The Coach Podesta came to a lot of our practices and he kind of already knew what I was about. So I uh, talked to my dad and I was just like, man, um, I guess if they already know you, that's got to be a good option to go with. So, and we knew a little bit about the history and people that went there before because Rob Cameron's son, Aaron Cameron, had went there as well. So we trusted Coach Rob's judgment judgment on it too. And I took it and I came home after three weeks from West Georgia. And as soon as I landed, I turned around, got on the road and drove up to Fresno. And then from Fresno, that was a, that, that right there was a whole, um, different experience, different experiences for me. Yeah, man. Hey, that's uh, th it, you definitely kept it with some straight talk there, man. When it comes to the Sac State situation, uh, right. you know, it is what it is. I think a lot of times too. I mean, I'm not saying this is the case. I'll let you speak. To the you know, sometimes a lot of great players here locally they overlook the local school, you know, because you want to get away. Right, and right, it, right. A lot, a lot, a lot right. of people think that at the end of the day, Sac State is a. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big sky. It's a D1 school. Obviously, they're having a good year this year. We have some locals, you know, Zach Chappelle's on there and Barrows. And, you know, uh, they, they're, they're starting to finally keep some, you know, local talent, you know, here, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I can only imagine how that felt, you know, going back and, and then that offer not being there, you know. Right, um, right. But I love it, man. I actually love the fact that you you had the, you know, the courage and the faith to, uh, to bet on yourself. In fact, it's funny, as you were talking, I don't know if that's what popped in my head. Like the, I, I literally, while you were talking, I was like, this kid bet on himself. That's really what you did, you know, right, uh, and right. really step it out on faith on, uh, on, on your move. 
Uh, that's good, man. Uh, as well as obviously following your gut. You know, you, I mean, like you said, despite nothing going wrong, if you feel like that's not where you that's not where you need to be, it's not where you need to be. You know, that's just how uh-huh. it is. So, and man, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, you must have some good faith, brother, because uh, uh, <laughs> Fre- Fre- they call Fresno the no for a reason, man. So talk to me about Fresno, man. Talk to me about Fresno, your experience there. Man. Uh, my goodness. Fresno City. Uh, man, there's so many stories I could tell. There's so much history at that school. Um, the one thing that made me definitely want to go was them telling me that they were the most winning JC in California, in California. So I was Ooh, like, okay. okay. Like, all right. All right. So I'm accustomed to winning. So that got me. So as soon as they said that, I was like, all right, I'm going. I had no clue what I was walking into at all. Like no clue at all. Nobody told me about how it really was and how tough it was, what kind of program it was and how coach Maddox ran his stuff. So I was just kind of shell shocked. As soon as I got there, I walked in the gym, um, and they were scrimmaging, just playing open, open gym kind of thing. And Coach Maddox was playing with him. At the time, I didn't know who – I hadn't met Coach Maddox. I've only been talking to Coach Podesta, and he was the assistant. So I had no idea who I, who what this head coach looks like or anything. I walk in the gym, and I see uh, an older older white male <laughs> playing that doesn't really fit – doesn't fit the looks or the physical kind of ideal of a, of a player. So I'm like, okay, he's obviously – I was like, this dude's obviously not a player, but he's talking a lot. Like, he's talking so much trash. Like, it, it, I wish I could have recorded it. It was crazy. But I'm just, like, trying to figure out. I'm like, who is this dude? So it gets all interesting. They're talking, and it gets real competitive, like, super competitive. It, it kind of, like, was almost getting out of hand. So I'm like, this 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 white dude's kind of crazy. Like, who is this? And then it all ends, and then we're just sitting, me and my dad are sitting on the bleachers just kind of watching. And then he walks over to us and he says, how you guys doing? I'm Coach Ed Maddox. I was like, oh, uh, well, oh, how are you doing, Coach? <laughs> like, I didn't know that this was my head coach while I was watching playing. And I'm like, oh, snap, I didn't know. So immediately respect was already there just from seeing him willing to run up and down the court with us and talk to us, talk trash with us, let us talk trash to him and just competing. It was competing with us. And I hadn't really seen that from a head coach ever, really. So, um that automatically built my respect factor. And then from there on, he kind of just told me what I was walking into. And this is, he was like, this is a man, this is a man's program. Um, I'm not babying you. I don't play favoritism with anybody. So everyone comes here, they earn what they got, what they have. And immediately from there on, and I was like, okay, it's on. So I I got the warm up from coach Rob because he was kind of the same way, but, but coach Maddox took it to a whole nother level. So the stories I could tell about that place went on so crazy. It, it, the toughness and the detail-oriented person he is and the the way he groomed us to be men um, at that school was something I'll cherish forever. He, Everything that I went through at that school kind of built me for what, what was coming after. You know what I mean? So much respect to that program and to Coach Maddox himself. Um, he, I, don't, I don't feel he gets the credit that he deserves. So he was a great coach for me. That's beautiful, man. What, 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 I, what I heard from there was, uh, you know, hands-on coach, but someone that really created a culture, you know, uh, and, and, you know, you know, the culture, culture is critical. Uh, and then when you come in, you know, having some moxie swag about it when it comes to being the winningest uh, junior college, there's nothing wrong with that if you back it up, right? Hey, Absolutely. Yeah, that's doc, you know documents. That's they say men like women like numbers don't. So there you go. But uh, and then you, he, and it's funny you say that. Funny you say that because he that used to be his thing every day. Like he'll say that all the time. He'll say yeah. numbers like men like numbers don't. So like any any excuse we had, if that was it. So no, it that's great. good. No, no. Well, plus I mean I mean he has an advantage. It ain't too much to do in Fresno. I don't care what anybody says. I know I'm about to get booed oh, from yeah. my people in Fresno. I got, fam- <laughs> I got I got family. I got I got family in Fresno. Man, they're about to kill me for that. But it, it's all good, anyways. But 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 but, but, right. but uh, no. I, I, and you had great success there. Um, and it, it, you know it's really I love hearing the stories where you know I had a you know a gentleman. Uh, I'm not sure if you know him, but Philip Ritchie. Philip Ritchie played at Oregon State. He played locally at Galt. Actually, probably the best player ever come out of Galt High School. But he okay. uh, gave a lot gave a lot of credit to uh, Coach Katz, and Coach Katz coached him at Delta when Co- Coach Katz was at Delta Junior College. But he gave mm-hmm. him a lot of credit. Uh, you know, you know, getting prepared for that next level, getting him prepared to be a man. And you know, before he went off to Oregon State, sounds like the same thing that you're giving. You know, here when it comes to your experience at, at, at Fresno City, uh, which is awesome. 
and, and then you had, you know, on the court, you know, you, you know, you had, you know, great numbers. You're, you know, first team all Central Valley Conference. You won Defensive Player of the Year. So um, it, it, it wasn't that you were just, you know. So successful right. stop at Fresno. Sounds like obviously one of those uh, stops that, you know, you, you'll remember in life when it comes to experiences. Talk to me about, you know, your recruitment, you know, after your, after your uh, you know, your stop there and how you ended up at Long Beach State. Right. So um, with Fresno, uh, we did everything that I went there and planned to do. Initially, we uh, we won our conference. We made a great run in the playoffs, went all the way to the final four, ended up coming short to San Diego City. Um, we eventually fell to San Francisco. We kind of wanted that San Francisco matchup, uh, that rematch again. We wanted that in the state chip, but we fell a little short and then um, overall, though, we had a great, great season and everything went kind of the way I would hope that it would go. You know what I mean? We uh, we, we did our job and fell short in the final four, which is nothing wrong with that. So um, after the season was over, uh, I had a couple of meetings with the coaches explaining to them that, you know, um, they already knew when I came, I was kind of a, looking to be a one and done, play a year out and then get a move on to the next level or whatever I can do to uh, elevate my game. So the time came and I didn't really have anything. Um, nobody was calling, nobody was uh, emailing. I, I wasn't hearing from any coaches really. Um, I remember I was reaching out to my AU coaches, trying to ask them to see what, see if there's anything out there, kind of throw my name out there. And I just wasn't getting anything. So I'll say after that, after that season at Fresno city, uh, things were kind of shaky for me and it kind of put me in a bad spot or a bad, bad place mentally I'll say uh, that was one of the toughest years of my life honestly because I didn't know what was coming next you know what I mean on top of how tough how tough that school was how tough those practices were how tough the game the games were easy but how tough everything that that came with playing over there was it was really challenging mentally he built our mental toughness something crazy so um, after the season was over, I didn't really have anything, and I was just kind of just kind of stuck. And I remember texting my mom at one point, and I was like, um, "I'm mom, I'm done. Like I wanna, I wanna just come home and play, uh, play basketball or, or go to school at Sac State and kind of just hang them up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like I can't do this no more." And she hit me back and was just like, "No, you got to keep going. You, you're already there." Um, and she kind of knew that it was in me to keep it going. She wouldn't let me kind of stop what I was doing and kind of reminded me, you put your mind to something, you can do it. So uh, I decided to stay and kind of waited it out. It was still tough for me. And then I remember my dad calling me and my dad was doing everything he could to try to see what I could do to get out if anybody wanted me. And no calls were coming. So he was doing all he could on his end. And once I knew he was doing all he could and still nothing was coming, it was just tough. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, I remember sitting in my room one day and my dad called me and he said, Hey, what do you think about Long Beach state? And I was like, Long Beach state. And I was like, doesn't know a black boy go there. Like, I, I don't like what I, I haven't thought about anything about them ever. So I just remember their coach coach show would pop up at our shelter practices all the time. He was real familiar with us. So I was like, I mean, I, I've never thought about going there or anything about them, but I mean, I guess. And he was like, okay, because um, my dad was ended up being close friends with Coach Shaw. So he called, he had made a couple of calls to Coach Shaw, kind of seeing if they initially were willing to, you know, show a little interest in me or see what I can do over there. And initially it was a, it was a hard no from what I heard <laughs> from my dad. Initially, he said it was a hard no. They weren't, they were kind of like, you know, I'm good. Like, I don't really, we don't really need that. We're good. And my dad was just kind of very persistent and was like, I don't know if you really want to pass this up or like, man, if you want to win, like I'm telling you, he can help you. So my dad was vouching very hard for me and coach shows. Like, All right, fine. I'll, I'll take it to my head coach and see what he thinks. So, they saw my film at Sac State. I mean, excuse me. They saw my film at Fresno City, and uh, the coach Munson said immediately he was like, "Yeah, we could use that. Like defensively, we need that." And and because Coach Maddox was adamant on causing causing uh, havoc and playing crazy defense, so I was always on the front line of that. So they saw that immediately, and Coach uh, Coach Munson was just saying like, "Yeah, um, he can fit right in." So 
Coach Soul gave us a call back and was like, um, Coach, Coach Munson said he's kind of interested. And so once once I got word of that, I was kind of re-motivated, like, oh, like somebody does want me out there. There is somebody that would like to have me. So, okay, uh, kind of let that play out a little bit. Kept getting calls here and there. Wasn't really anything for real, for real yet. And then it started getting kind of serious. And then um, they said, eventually they said, we'd love to have you, but you would have to be a walk-on. And I said, a walk-on. And they're like, yeah. So uh, another <laughs> another crossroad that I was like, okay, I can either leave this school, this junior college here, and um, lose another year um, of potentially playing at a Division One institution. So when I get there, I'll only have two years. Or I can leave my first year, be a walk-on, and hopefully earn whatever I can get. So that was the dilemma that I was thinking about the whole time. And obviously Fresno City didn't want me to leave because we had another year to go. We we're going to get the same group. And they were like, okay, uh, you can, you, like, we, we would love to have you back. It doesn't make sense. You're too good to go play and have to pay. You know what I mean? Pay for yourself to play basketball. You're too good for that. You deserve a scholarship. Go get one. Just stay one more year. So I was sitting there like, I mean, they're not lying. So, <laughs> and I obviously wanted to stay out. I love that school. I love my teammates, and I, it was just tough for me to make that decision to go, especially leaving as a walk-on. It just saying it out loud kind of just didn't make sense. But again, it, it it that feeling started happening again. Like I feel like you should like I feel like you should take that chance. Like you know, it's nothing you haven't done before. You bet on yourself, get what you deserve. And then once Coach Munson, I had another conversation with Coach Munson, and he told me, "Look, you're you're gonna come in here as a walk-on." but that doesn't mean you can't earn whatever you get. Like I'm a fair coach, whatever you do to earn, you're going to get rewarded for it. So, I mean, as long as you do your job and you're playing well, there's no reason why I wouldn't play you or anything like that. Or you can eventually earn a scholarship or something like that. So once I knew that was in the back of his head, that that could happen, I a hundred percent was like, Drew, you do this all the time. Like bet on yourself, earn, earn your keep type of thing. You go out there, prove why you're, prove why you deserve to play and prove why you deserve a scholarship and you'll get it. So I had to make that decision either to take that chance or stay secure at Fresno city another year, but risk losing a, a year of eligibility at the division one. So I just took the chance and eventually my gut, <laughs> my gut told me again, you should probably take this chance. Nothing you haven't done before, bro. So I took on that battle, bet on myself and then came out here and then played my first year as a walk-on. And then, um, that whole Long Beach, the whole Long Beach story started to happen. Got you, man. No, it's, uh, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, that's a lot, 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 a lot. I mean, that was a lot of, once again, straight talk there, man. That's the, the, a lot of peaks and valleys. I think I want a lot of the players, uh, young players, even, you know, seniors, you know, freshmen uh, in college just listening to this. Uh, there's going to be a lot of peaks and valleys. There's going to be a lot of times where you feel like just hang the, throwing in the towel, right? Let's just be honest, man. It, it's yeah. adversity. Adversity hits you differently. And, you know, uh, especially right now. I mean, obviously you're going through this at a different time right now. We're going through it with right. COVID, hopefully COVID going away where, you know, um, you know, mental health has been, you know, at the forefront with a lot of these athletes, you know, cause a lot of it, a lot of these athletes got stripped of what they love to do. And that's, that's tough, right. you know? And so, uh, but I appreciate that. That's like I said, that's really straight talk when it comes to what you're going through. What I like is I want to definitely give credit to your parents and your family. You have a great support group uh, to, you know, for lifting you up when you needed that, you know, and, 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 and that, not just encouragement, but really that true belief in you that, that you put in the work. Um, you know, your dad has a great reputation uh, on all areas, sports, outside the world, business, I mean, you name it. And so um, let's just be perfectly honest, man. Favor ain't fair. I always say that all the time, man. Favor ain't fair. And us believers know that what, what I mean by that, you know, Absolutely. and sometimes, and, and, you know, uh, your network is your net worth. You know, that's something that my kids always say all the time. You know, there's certain things right. that I tell, I tell my son that, you know what, th they're going to call you overrated. They're going to probably say he's not that good or it's only because his dad knows so-and-so. Guess what? Just, that's how it works sometimes, man. I mean, does, that, that does, it does not mean, wait, does not mean that you don't have to put in work. Like you still put in work. You weren't allergic to work. You weren't, you, you weren't oh, used yeah. to hard work. Never, but, but the never. thing is, let's just be honest though. That connection is what got you there, you know? And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and that's why I want people to hear, um, you know, and that's what happened here. You know, you, you had, and, and, and the constant theme once again is yes, you bet on yourself. Here you are, you know, at a top institute, top junior college, winningest program that you know has a record, has a track record of sending their kids out. So I mean, you 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 knew that back in your head. 
And yeah, that's a tough, tough pill to swallow. You talking about walk on, you know? I mean, Absolutely. you seem like a very humble guy, but at the end of the day, you, you've accomplished a lot to to go somewhere as a walk on. You know, it, that is, I mean, for someone that had an offer from Big Sky School, you know, since junior right. year, um, that is a lot to take in. But once again, that's the thing. You bet on yourself, and obviously, we know where it's at now. So, now, now yeah. that's great, man. I mean, I really hope that you know people really take that in what you said because like i said that's something that you know you, you were transparent with and you know it's something you went through and sometimes you just got to grind it out you just got to keep pushing forward and you also got to you also got to lean on you know your support group you know sometimes when you don't got that strength you got to rely on people who have it for you you know and that's something Absolutely. that uh, that's something that, that i heard uh just now hey quick break here sorry to interrupt the podcast but we'll get right back to it just want to know are you looking to improve your health and fitness are you looking for a trainer to help you guide you along the way We'll look no further. Check out Ruben Hernandez of Relentless Strength and Sports Performance. Ruben is a trainer whose purpose is to help you make positive changes in your lifestyle and improve your quality of life. His goal is to educate you on how simple changes in your daily habits can help you look and feel great. Ruben is an upcoming trainer who is passionate about helping you reach and achieve your goals. He is dedicated to making your training experience unique and specific to you. He specializes in functional movements, so whether you're looking to build muscle, lose weight, or improve your overall movement, he can help you do it all. He is located in the northern Sacramento area in his own private facility. You can check him out on Instagram at Ruben7Hernandez. Feel free to contact him through direct message or call him at 209-406-7028. Again, that's 209-406-7028. If you have any questions or to schedule your first session, mention Straight Talk with Straight Hand and receive 50% off. Yes, you heard it right, 50% off your first session. So what are you waiting for? Head on over and book your first session with Ruben and make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Ruben 7 Hernandez. That's R-U-B-E-N, the number 7, H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z on Instagram. Go change your life. So let's talk about this then. So first of all, congrats on, you know, being a D1 basketball player. Not too many people do that, first and foremost. Thank I mean, you, like man. I said, hey, you got you to gotta celebrate the, every success, man. That's actually a huge success. That's not even a little success. You know, that's a, or, oh, sorry, a little achievement. So first of all, D1 basketball is what a lot of people dream of. Let's be perfectly honest. Right. Even as a walk-on, no, even as a walk-on, right, right. you know, because you made an impact immediately there. You you got a lot of playing time. You got on the court. It's really it's really really dope to you know hear a coach to say, hey, we don't care about your titles. Uh, you know, if you put in the work, you're gonna you're gonna get what you earned. Which I I really like. You know, when 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 you uh, just articulated that. But let me ask you this: So you step onto court, D1 basketball, Big West Conference, which I think you slept on. I mean, you know, um, I don't, you know, it's still big time basketball if you ask me. Um, right. You know, was it everything you expected, man? Talk to me about that competition once you got to D1. Um, it was, it was, it was when I, well, let's see, my first year coming in, it was with, uh, I don't know if you know, but it was, it was a good group. It was a solid group. Deshaun Booker, yep. uh, Tim Dow, Yusuf, Mason Riggins, Brian Alberts, Edom Maxuni. It was a nice team. Yeah. Jordan Roberts. It, it was some elite players in here. So when I, when I came in, I was like, okay, like I'm gonna have to like lock in. <laughs> this is going to be a little tough. But I mean, my MO has always been the defensive side of the of, of the floor. So I was never really worried too much about that aspect. I knew I could take care of my, my business down there. So uh, I came in here just with, tried to be really confident in, in knowing what I can do. Um, and just at the end of the day, working as hard as I can. So any drill, I was just going extremely hard, trying to do it, whatever the coaches wanted us to do. I was trying to do that to the best of my ability. Um, winning line drills, just doing whatever I can to stand out, use my voice, um, being very vocal. And um, eventually it, it all just kind of paid off. You know what I mean? I kept at it. Um, I remember the whole preseason, I didn't play. I didn't play at all, to be honest. In the whole preseason, preseason, it was filled with DMPs, DMP, DMP. So uh, it was tough. That that little stretch of not playing was different for me because everywhere I've gone before that, I've, I've played and been a factor on the team. And at this point, I felt I was about what, 14th man or something like that. <laughs> so that was, a tough, that was a really tough adjustment for me, trying to figure things out. And then once again, it was just um, leaning on my, my support system, my family, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, grandparents, everything. My whole family was just telling me, keep at it, keep at it, it'll pay off. My dad was just telling me when I was in college, I, I went through the same thing, but what I did was compete in practice and compete in practice. Do do what you can in practice. Kill kill as much as you can in practice. Keep competing. Do what you're gonna do. What you have to do. Keep working hard. It'll pay off. So I just tried to work as hard as I can. You know what I mean? Just coming in, working out before practice, coming in late night, shooting, working out, working out, working out, 
going as hard as I can in practice. Just everything kept relying on hard work and working as hard as I can, keeping my head down, doing what I need to do and work as hard as I can. And eventually I got the shot. He gave me, he put me in against, I think the school was Bethesda, which was a, I think it's an NAIA. I think it's an NAIA. I, I'm not sure, but and it, it was. A I think it's an NAIA school. school. Yeah. Right, right. So um, it was. It was one of those games that we were supposed to win. I'll say. So, um, and we had been doing. Some guys have been doing like a little bit bad in practice. So he he noticed that I was working hard in practice. And he was like, you know what? I'm gonna give you a shot. Like you're gonna start this game. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> start. <laughs> and, and, and then not knowing what he was doing, he was giving me a shot. Like this was my shot to prove whatever I wanted to do. So he started me along with a couple other freshmen and then uh, kind of rewarded us for working hard and practice and everything. So that game I ended up, I ended up getting a, a double, double, I believe I got like, I got like 12 and 10 or like 10 and 10 or something like that. So, and then after that game, I never, never can look back. Like he started me for the rest of the, rest of the season after that I never sat again so it, it, that's how quickly it flipped like I was getting BNPs every single game or playing about two minutes in every game and then one shot gave me that and then got that double double and I never came out of the starting lineup again so that's it man yeah. no nah, hey, stay yeah. ready you ain't gotta get ready right that's pretty much exactly. what it is and, and, and you kept you, you kept working DNPs, I mean, if y'all don't know, that's did not play. I mean, DNPs are not fun for athletes. I mean, not you know, especially for, especially for someone like you who are not used to those, you know? So, exactly. uh, no, that, that's great. The fact that, you know, it was, you, you, you really have just grinded this out, man. At the end of the day, right. I'm hearing this story, your journey, everything's all work. Uh, you know, you, you got, you got an opportunity to, I think, start the last 12 games, you, you know, put up some right. major numbers, still, still, still uh, the defensive uh, specialist, you know, typically on the on on the you know toughest you know uh, the be best offensive threat on the other team uh Absolutely. man it, it just goes to show you too man let's just be perfectly honest you know you're not a type of player that, that puts up 20 plus points a game you know it just it was just never your right. game and not, not to say you're right. not capable right. of it i'm not saying that but i'm just trying to yeah, say no, it's never, it, it, on, on the teams that you have been on it's never one been your role you know or you've absolutely. had to but there's uh, that I tell people there's, there's like you've alluded, alluded to it also. There's only a certain amount of basketballs to go around. At some point, there's right. you got to do the other stuff. So I mean, I just want people to hear that this is someone that's having great success at the D1 level, um, gain DMPs. I mean, to right. be honest, this story just keeps on getting better because this is the first time I'm, I'm hearing this. But gain DMPs to starting the last 12 games of the season. I mean, that's right. Uh, that's pretty 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 remarkable. Let me ask you this uh, before before we close out here is uh, let me ask you how has it been. Uh, you know, just getting acclimated to the, you know, the D1 life, not just, you know, not just on the court, but like uh, off the court, you know, when it comes to juggling your class, because I know you're, 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 you're what I call a scholar athlete, not student athlete, because I know you do very right. well in the books, uh, which congrats on that as well. Uh, but talk to me you. about, talk to me about being able to, uh, you know, juggle the, co the college life, man. Uh, it was, my, it was an adjustment for sure. When I first touched down, it was definitely an adjustment. I'll say that. Um, have just the just the workload along with the time allocated to basketball specifically and the travel schedule and the classes that you miss and the makeup exams you got to do and all that stuff it, I would say it was really tough trying to figure out the balance but uh, Long Beach did a great job helping us with that like our, our academic advisors and the team we have on the academic side was great with it so they, they made it as easy as possible so I had a tutoring sessions I could go to and they made sure I had whatever I needed I could get uh they would set up plans for me for the year and everything that I needed I kind of could get from them so they made it a much easier process so without them it wouldn't have been as easy but so I had to give credit credit to them for that so but just just figuring out the balance and what I was going to put my time into and what I what what, what wasn't going to work anymore <laughs> and what I needed to do a little more of, and maybe I couldn't get in the gym at this time anymore because I had to dedicate it to something else for school or just staying on top of my stuff. But it, it no, just came good. to being disciplined and making sure no. you're doing what you need to do in order to, no, that, to ultimately play basketball, which is what I want to do, so. No, that's good. Two more questions, man. Two more questions, and then we always end with some rapid-fire Q&A. So okay. That, that I end my my episodes with are kind of random questions. Uh, two questions here. So give me some personal goals that you have. You know, obviously, you know this being a unique year because you know having this year and an option for you know an additional year. So give me some give me some personal goals you have for you know for this year. Uh, definitely this year, um, 
win the conference championship. That's definitely always been the goal. Um, as a team goal, definitely win the conference championship, go to the tournament and uh, experience that whole thing. So um, I'll say that for the team aspect. And then for me personally, I still got to get my, my, my deep boy. I'm still looking to get that. So <laughs> nice. uh, I came okay. up short because <laughs> Josh snatched it from me last yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> Josh, had a, Josh, Josh had a block party before going to USC. Oh, yeah. I know. yeah, we had that Absolutely. young fellow on that. We had, we had him on two months ago as well. He was on the pod as well. Josh, yeah, shout out Josh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, Josh definitely did his thing. He came in acting crazy, blocking everything. <laughs> right, rightfully deserved and earned that. He got that. Hey, hey, year, so. hey, Sheldon, players about to get back-to-back defensive player of the years. I like that. One last question I'm for you, man, so. before we go to this uh, rapid-fire Q&A, man. Knowing what you know now, this is why I really, I mean, I really want people to hear hear you on this one. I Actually, I, I'm curious to know the answer is, knowing what you know now, what are some things that you would have done different, you know, uh, earlier on in your hoop journey? Meaning, like, uh, where are some things that you would have focused on, maybe not focused on? Because, like, I tell a lot of these kids, a lot of this stuff that you're putting your energy into right now at a young age really doesn't matter, you know? It, it, right. uh, you, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, but, right. but, you know, obviously they're hearing it from me. Oh, coach, what do you know, <laughs> right? But hearing it from right, you, right, right. obviously a D1 player, talk to me, man. So, what knowing what you know now, just say take you from a 12, 13, 14-year-old, right? Maybe, like, mm-hmm. someone like my son's age. You know, what's something you would have done differently you know, not knowing what you know now. Um, done differently. Well, it's hard to say that you have regrets looking back at certain things because you know everything you've done when you were young kind of shapes you into the person you are today. So I'll say that on that on that part, I wouldn't really change anything. Now, the knowledge I would have given myself as a younger player definitely would be uh, to stay stay uh stay committed and stay stay down and take for me it's always been take the stairs you know what i mean don't cheat certain things because they sound good i know a lot mm. of a lot of players that are younger now it's kind of been popular to kind of run away from adversity i'll say uh with transferring and trying to look for a way out because it's not going your way um i've i've, I've seen that it's become uh, popular to kind of run away from that and not embrace it and look at it and challenge yourself and face it. You know what I mean? You get more joy out of whatever comes on the other side of that. You get more out of it than than running from it. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely tell my younger self that to always, it's always better to take the stairs than the elevator. You know what I mean? It'll always pay off for you in the end. So wh- whether you get what you were, wh- whether you get what the goal was out of it or not, as a man and as a person, You'll, you'll obtain more out of taking the stairs in the elevator, if, if you can hey, understand what I'm saying. I like it, man. Take the stairs. We're taking the stairs, brother. That's Malachi's about to hear that. Malachi's about to hear that for the next three years, four years now, man. I, I told him to blame you for it. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> actually, next five years. But uh, uh, right on, brother. Well, man, I appreciate it. Let's go, let's go ahead and end with some rapid-fire Q&A. Uh, just random okay. questions. Don't don't think too deep about it. Just first thing that pops to your head uh, before I let you get going, man. So, uh, what's your what's your go to move? Go to move, uh, it Hasman or or Smitty Hasman. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's nasty, man. Who's currently your favorite? Uh, who's currently your favorite NBA player, and who's your favorite NBA player of all time? All time, Dwayne Wade. Currently, CJ McCollum. Man, it's because you look like that dude. Is that why you, is that your favorite player? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'll just play. I'll, I'll just play. Yeah. Uh, uh, MJ or LBJ? Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus. It's still Mike at the moment. It's still Mike. But okay, but Bron is taking it. He's closely like it's it's about to be a wrap. I can tell. So Hey, I always like to ask that. And I always like to see different age groups of who they pick, man. Uh, Trey yeah. or Luca? Trey or Luca? Luca, for sure. Luca, Luca, Luca. Okay, on the way, on the on the way to your workout, or on the way to the practice, what's what's in the AirPods? What's in the pros? What, what you listening to? Uh, I got Future going. I got little baby going, but a lot of Future though, for sure. I'm an okay. R&B cat too, though, so so there's a high chance of some R&B going. Give me some R&Bs. What you listening to these days? Oh man, uh, Brent Brent is going. Brent's doing numbers in the community right now. Brent Fires is going crazy. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. Two more. Uh, best advice you got from your dad. Best advice I got from my dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. man, there's a lot, but I would say, hmm, 
I would say from, from my dad, the most valuable advice I've ever gotten was to, to trust God and put your faith in God and along with the rest of my family instilling that in me as well. So that's always been the backbone of, of our family and our foundation. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if anything's going wrong in your life, you always have a backup, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you look at it from a big perspective, this is just a game we're playing. So at the end of the day, everyone's going to go through some basketball is going to go away. What do you fall on when, when stuff goes wrong? So those times I was at Fresno city and I felt like that. And I felt like I, I didn't have nothing at the end of the day. I always knew that I was good. You know what I mean? So I say that's the most valuable advice he's instilled in me and my, my siblings. No, that's, that, that, that's, that, that's great advice. And obviously definitely someone you're right, man. It's where it starts with him, ends with him. It's all, you know, at the end of the day, man, that's beautiful. Last, Absolutely. last question, bro. Last question. No more advice you have for aspiring athletes. So what's one thing that Drew Cobb got for these guys? What, what, what if it was only one advice, what, what do you got for aspiring basketball players? Actually, let's, let's be more specific. Aspiring basketball players. Uh, aspiring basketball players. Yeah. Um, at the end of the, like, there's no, I, I would, I would really tell them after all that I've seen, it's no secret to why certain people are the certain people you look up to. There's a reason. There's no secret why LeBron is LeBron. There's no secret why Kobe's Kobe. There's no secret why Dwayne Wade is Dwayne Wade. There's no secret why Lionel uh, uh, Messi is Messi. There's no reason why they aren't all at the, um, at that level. And it all comes down to how hard they work, how disciplined they are. And, and how much time they're willing to put into their craft. So at the end of the day, the most disciplined players are going to win. And you can look up what you want on discipline and, and look at the definition. And at the end of the day, the most disciplined person in life is always going to win. That's good, man. That's the first time I actually got that answer, too. That's really good, man. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you, you know, definitely keeping it straight here on Straight Talk with Strahan. I appreciate you coming on the pod, man. Always, man. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. No, you got it, guys. If you want, you want to continue following uh, Drew's journey, you can follow him. His IG handle is uh, Drew Cobby Cobb. That's Drew, then C-O-B-B-Y-C-O-B-B on, on Instagram. If you're not following me yet, it's just at Strahan. And I just want to thank you guys for joining me for another Straight Talk with Strahan. Continue having a blessed day. God bless, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another Straight Talk with Strahan podcast. And if you haven't done so already, click the subscribe button and make sure to follow him on Instagram at Strahan, S-T-R-A-Y-H-A-N-D. And we will catch you on the next episode.